What's up, guys? We are back um, with Christian and Davi and our special guest, all the way from Portsmouth, England, Mr. Barney. What's up, Barney? Where do you tweet out of? Evening, everyone. Thanks for having me. Davi? I'm tired as hell, man. <laughs> Long Saturday for you? Yeah. Christian? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm feeling the energy right now. I mean, it, 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 we're, we're, we're high octane right now. I feel, I feel like I just, like, uh, I feel like I just shotgun 15 monster energy drinks. I mean, yeah. But we're, we're good to go right now. A little slow. Um, also, Barney, um, the, uh, people know, people might not know the name Barney, but they'll definitely know your tag. And so talk a little bit about your relationship with the club really quick. Yeah, so I guess everyone probably knows me more as just UK NYCFC. Uh, I've been around on social media since like 2016. Um, been over to the States now four times, including MLS Cup, the, the Derby and Campione's Cup back in September. Um, so yeah, a long time follower of the club been admiring since since the inception um yes yeah, sort of created myself a little bit of super fandom by complete accident uh, just kind of like the idea of coming to new york and and getting into some american soccer culture and ended up somehow getting interviewed by people like glenn crooks and and others uh, when i keep calling me a super fan which i can't say i'm a fan of um but uh, we'll see <laughs> All right, Barty, three questions for the newbie. Favorite NYCFC player of all time? There's a few that stick out for me, but it's got to be the British link, hasn't it? It's got to be Jack Harrison. With, with his journey, the, the, it's such a unique story for a British soccer player to, to get taken over to America, to go through your sort of collegiate system. Um, and then, you know, the whole getting drafted by Chicago, we then trade him because we wanted him so bad um just what a journey pretty pretty unique to see uh, it was awesome to see his journey coming back over here and getting to play regularly for Leeds in the premier league um so yeah jack harrison yeah currently making a super proud over there in england yeah and, and, he might, and he might actually get picked up by leicester this summer it's looking like that it looks like leicester's like very interested in what you know obviously like it's great what he's done with Leeds over the past few seasons but you know going to leicester a team that actually has won the Premier League and you know the Premier League against all odds, albeit, but you know a team that has that kind of history and is a perennial like top ten team in the Premier League is that's big news and and a testament to his quality. Jack Harrison's a name I haven't heard yet, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, I also scored the goal that uh, kept Leeds up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now, if you have to uh, pull up Google real quick and type in the NYCFC roster, um, who is your favorite current player? favorite current player I would say right this minute it's probably got to be Chano. Um just the longevity that he's given to the club um, the personal relationship he seems to have with the players the kind of captain mentality he's always seemed to have at the club like I know he's like he started his own um, kind of uh, helping the guys with religion and things like that um, to make sure they could keep their faith at the club. Um, I think he's a fantastic guy. He was one of the guys that, you know, if you ever go down to the players' entrance at Yankee Stadium, 
who always seems to make time, um, even made comments on the jersey I was wearing there last time in September. Um, so yeah, he he, he recognises you know the the effort that the fans put in, and seems like a, a real a real decent guy. Yeah, I mean, uh, like the one thing I think about when I when I see Chano is that. He's like very a man of very strong faith. Um, he's always down on his knees, uh, uh, praying uh, before and after he gets goes on the on the pitch. Before and after the whistle, um, he's definitely uh, has a very. very I strong think he's faith. on his knees right now, playing for some players. <laughs> uh, also, you know, as somebody who has done press for this team in the past, you know, because uh, you know, I don't think we've ever really talked about this on the pod, but I used to be the managing editor for Hudson River Blue for about three years and left like right before they won the cup. And I have met with Chino a number of times, and he is a very pleasant, warm, passionate individual who puts the club on his back, and he is a, a great ambassador for the club. You know, to to any like like, and, and it's funny because you know like uh, you know Barney's mentioned him as his favorite player, and you know like like he does, Chino doesn't come up often enough. I feel like in that conversation, and and. Chino has been an extremely quality center back. He's been an exceptional leader. He's an exceptional presence, personality, and I've loved every single dealing I've had with Maxine over the years. And, uh, you know, I kind of, it's one of the few things I actually miss about doing press because obviously, you know, my spot is in the supporter section. That's where I'm going to be into the day that I uh, am no longer here. But, um, yeah, no, Chino, that's a great shout. I love that shout. Yeah. And favorite NYCFC kit that the team has worn? This is a controversial one. <laughs> I mean, sentimental-wise, naturally the 21-22 home jersey is going to be, you know, the one that sticks in all of our memories because of MLS Cup, right? Um, but for me, my personal favourite, probably the shirt I have worn to the point I need to get another one because it's wearing out, is the 18-19 away, the grey kit with the blue Adidas sort of, uh, whatever they call the, the, the three lines coming in from the side that's kind of like the nod to the the 80s World Cup kits of like Germany and so on. Um, yeah, that kit, uh, yeah, when that was released, that was a beauty. That was one of those first kits I remember seeing, you know, getting press coverage on the kind of the football kit collectors and that kind of thing over in Europe, um, having a real unique design. Like no one else seemed to use that template from what I'm aware. Well, that, um, that template was a copy, a carbon copy of Colombia and Argentina's World Cup. Right. Exactly. Right. So, so there's only three teams that use that kit. And I mean, you know, if we're going to be the smallest of only three, that's fine. If it's the other two are Argentina and Colombia, um, that's a pretty big deal that we've got that kit. Um, so yeah, that that's that's my favorite kit visually. But yeah, the sentimental one's always going to be the uh, kit we won the cup in. Now, every kit that gets released, the city tries to like spin it. Like obviously, we had the Bronx blue, we had the Hypno kit, um, and then. Uh, what was before the Bronx? Uh, the Bronx, the Racing Stripe, right? So yeah, they, they, try to, they try to like advertise it a certain way. Wasn't that wasn't that eighteen nineteen nineteen kit? Wasn't that like the wasn't that the concrete jungle kit? Like I because of the gray, was the good. color of concrete. Like wasn't that how they tried like spinning it advertising wise? It was like the gray one, right? The World yeah. Cup template. Oh, I, I, the Gotham kit it, was the, it, it, was I the think it was the concrete jungle because it was followed up by the Gotham kit, which was such a huge downgrade in my yeah. opinion. <laughs> And but the, the only good thing about the, the, the Gotham kit was the collar. I love the kind of the, the high triangular collar. Like it felt really nice to wear, even the yeah. cheap, like yeah, the, the, the was, version, whatever they call it. Yeah, the collar was really nice, but I mean, there's two reasons why I don't like it. A, it debuted the year of the pandemic, and you know, any a, any attempt to get that entire time period out of my head is 
I think the best for business. And also, I just, I thought it was like during that, like, what was it, like 25 year anniversary or like whatever, or whatever it was. Yeah, it was, it was with the, it was with the stripes down here and everybody had. Every single, every single one of them just looked the same and it just like, it had a same, and also like that, that was, it also, I think for like, correct me if I'm wrong, for a year it was with the racing stripe kit and I didn't like the racing stripe kit. I was notoriously not big on it. It never grew on me because typically, even if I don't particularly like a kit, it usually grows on me. The racing stripe never, it just, it looked so meh. It, it, I, I, I can't shake it out of my head, but I'm also a pariah in this group because um, my favorite kit, and I will say this to the heavens, outside of the Bronx Blue kit, for the same reasons that you love it, Barney, and for the same reasons that we all love the Bronx Blue kit, very popular kit here and on the pod in general, I love the vault kit. I love the vault kit. I, I've worn it so much that it's it's worn out. Like it, I, I need to get a new one. And um, I, I love it. It's probably my favorite. Um, it cost me a lot of money because I got it with a name on it. <laughs> but I mean, uh, yeah, I, maybe that's why. But I, I, I love the kit. I just think it was very cool. When I first saw the replica, I told the story a few times. I hated it. I didn't like it at all. But I saw the replica. Mm-hmm. Once I saw the authentic version with like, you know, the star on it, the championship badge, and, you know, like, like, you know, and even the dudes like sponsor, as funny as that sounds, I thought it actually looked pretty cohesive, pretty cool. But yeah, no, no, nobody liked the leaks or like when it, like the first like replica uh, yeah. picture. Uh, like, uh, I remember the hanger. Yeah. Nobody, nobody liked that. Everybody hated it. It's kind of why I'm glad it hasn't leaked yet because uh, then I would be start thinking of reasons to hate it. And Joe is a huge fan because he's the only one that's seen it. Well, yeah. So <laughs> let, can, can we talk about how this is the first year that I can remember that the NYCFC kit has not been leaked and we're like, we're like a couple days away from it finally being released and it still has not been leaked yet. Whoever's job, whoever's job it was in the front office not to have this thing leaked should be getting a raise and a promotion because this thing always gets leaked. Always gets leaked. And it is yeah. not it's normally, this year. It's normally leaked by like some Adidas shop worker in like not even New York State. It'll be some random shop in like Columbus and they get some new kit and they're like, oh, let's put a picture of this on Twitter and not knowing what they're putting a picture of. I remember, I remember the, the racing stripe. Uh, it was, it was after, shortly after he got knocked out of the playoffs by Atlanta that year. Uh, the racing stripe kit was leaked out and I, I instantly liked it as soon as, soon as I saw the, as soon as I saw the leaks. But, but, the, but the actual kit looked better than the leaks. So if you go back and look at the leaks, it, it does. It looks like, like almost like nothing. Like well, what it looks like. It, it was probably it the replica, looks dirty. Because right? what was that? It, it, with the racing stripe kit, the replica it, it doesn't have any of the orange trim. Um, so look, it, the replica no, looks no. like garbage. No, no, but no, but it looked like it looked like an unfinished product. Uh, the the leak uh, for for the racing stripe when it when it came out. All right, moving along, uh, let's jump right into NYCFC news. Uh, news that broke uh, on a Friday news dump, which is tradition, which is uh, so far three weeks going. That Friday seems to be the day that NYCFC news breaks. Uh, Santiago Rodriguez uh, has purportedly been inked to a long-term contract by NYCFC. Um, cannot be confirmed yet, has not been tweeted out officially yet, but it looks like after a uh, after a one-match appearance for Montevideo City Torque, which included a penalty kick goal followed by a red card in 90 plus 6, um, that, that Santi has decided that he wants to come back to New York City. What do you guys think about that? Let's start with Barney. What do you think? I think I think it's good news when you've got um, at least someone, one of the players that was regularly in the squad, um, was a positive influence. He's an attacking flair player, 
Um, some of these younger guys that are coming into the team, he can he could be a leader for them. You know, he's not you know massively experienced. Nonetheless, he knows the team. He knows that it's it could be his house. He could be our new Maxi, couldn't he? Um, if if we can pay him well enough, what's to say he doesn't become like as know like our Carlos Carlos Vea? I know Vea's obviously got his European experience and whatnot, but you know like he's made LA his home now, right? Like so, uh, what's to say he couldn't become that kind of player where he ends up enjoying staying so much that he may stay longer? Um, yeah, I think I think it's positive. So it's someone positive. someone like a Max Morales, like a continuation. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love the news personally. I think it's uh, like, you know, we'll get into the rest of the stories yesterday, but like, you know, like, yeah, like Friday, this past Friday has definitely been the best day for NYCFC this entire offseason. Sands, the stadium announcement, because obviously we're all excited about that. But obviously that's, we're dealing with like future happenings that are years down the road. Like right now, as it pertains to the immediate future of NYCFC, we've been talking about it constantly. What are this team's biggest needs? We don't have a 10, our only 10 that we have on the roster is 14 years old. He's a child. And, you know, and I'm not taking anything away from Maximo. Can't even get a job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he can't even get a job. He can't drive. He can't drink. He can't do anything. He can't even have a cigarette if he wants to. Um, but, like, uh, you know, like, but, you know, Carrizo, you know, like, while I'm excited for him and while I'm excited to see him get this amount of reps and this amount of time in a preseason, despite the fact that he's at this young age, it's obviously a very promising sign. And from what Nick Cushing has told, you know, the, the press, what they've told the fans, you know, they have a very long-term development plan for him, which is why they wanted to get him on a contract as soon as possible. So obviously we're all excited about that, but that's not, that's not someone who's going to get you, you know, it's not going to turn you into an MLS cup contender. Yesterday, with having Santi back, having some continuity there at that 10. And also, mind you, we've also had conversations about where Santi best fits in the pitch. This is a huge bolster to the entire attack because we've seen him play at the 10 very, very well. We, I've talked about how I really do rate him as, as an out-and-out -out winger down that right flank. I really like it. And I have no doubts. We haven't seen it as much, but I have no doubts that he can play as an inverted winger on the left as well and give, uh, you know, and look, that's just, it's such a huge bolster to this, to this attack, which I did think was a decent attack going into the season, you know, because, and, you know, obviously you've got Pereira in there, you've got, you know, you, you've got Talis there, you've got Chago there, and, you know, Pellegrini's there, who's probably going to be competing and be very hungry for minutes this season, and from the set, from the looks of it, he might get some, we don't know yet, um, it's, a, it's an attack, and who knows how much quality Gabe Siegel has. I know we talked about him last week a lot after that little run he had against, in that friendly against the Galaxy, and we were pretty happy about that, you know, even though it didn't end up in a goal. It was a great run, and it was a great attempt on goals. Very Tati-esque, quote-unquote, that we described. So, and, and Santi, the return of Santi is a huge move, especially for a long-term contract. Um you know, it's not confirmed yet, but uh, Cesar Luis Merlo is basically the Fabrizio Romano of Europe, um, of South America, rather. And if he says it and if he's willing to say that it's guaranteed, I'm willing to take that to the bank. I'm excited. It's great news. Davi, what do you think? Great news. Uh, he knows that he obviously knows the team. He knows the league. Um, you know, that's uh, quite a, a lot of amount of assists. Um, was it, like 15 assists last season in the regular season? Most assists in MLS. Yeah, most assists in MLS. Fourth, fourth, fourth most um, uh, when it comes to U23 South American players worldwide. So uh, that's obviously something big. Uh, 
you know, he uh, kind of filled in the, the, the gap when Maxi was out for, for a little while at the start of the season, you know, when uh, we were scoring six goals past the RSL. Um, I, I think that's massive. That's absolutely massive. That's a need that we needed to, um, we obviously needed. Uh, we need to fill in that, that, that gap. And now we're linked with uh, another uh, young ten, uh, Richie Desma from PSV, uh, who's fell out of favor at PSV, who needs first-time minutes. And, uh, what, you know, what, uh, you know, he has obviously... Um, having aspirations to play for the U.S. men's national team and what, what better place to come over than, than to see your home country in the States and, you know, play, play in the biggest market in, uh, of the States in New York City, you know, uh, uh, you know, to a team that really needs a 10, you know, but I think uh, if we can, we can get him uh, on a loan and then, you know, make his deal permanent, uh, if he does manage to impress here, um, I think the Santi could actually be kind of like a mentor to him, even though they're probably around the same age. I still think he could be some somewhat of a mentor because he has a year and a half of experience of playing in MLS. He's a proven winner. He's won two trophies here. Um, I think I think it's absolutely massive for the team and kind of does give the fans like a little bit of reassurance. Like, oh, okay, all right, th- all right this team is actually going out and getting some people. And uh, it really took me, um, really came out of the blue for me. Um, you know, I wasn't expecting Santi to to come back. You know, because obviously he had the game where he went back to Uruguay, played, scored a goal, and then gets sent off in the ninety sixth minute. In typical Santi fashion, so I thought I thought he was long gone, but to, you know, but to, to hear that um, there's a, there's a potential uh, like like a, uh, for him to uh, almost like to guarantee to come back in on a long term deal as well. Um, from what I hear, he's going to be at a on a high high TAM contract. He won't be a DP, so that's that's obviously great news so for us. Where are you? Because that, that was the next thing I was going to touch on was where where are you hearing that from? Because the, the the biggest thing that I think about if this is a win or just a standard deal is if we can if we can get him on a TAM deal, that's fantastic. But if he's going to take up a DP spot, um, then I am a little less uh, excited about it. Well, I mean, I mean, if we have to give up a DP spot for somebody like Santi Rodriguez, I think I think he's I think he's proven himself that I think he does deserve it. I mean, if we if, if, if we really want to bring him back, you know, the DP deal is the only way to ink him in. I mean, I guess just might as well bite the bullet. You know, you you already know what you're you already know what he's bringing to the table with this team. So you already he has the intangibles right there, like, and you know, like the type of player he is. So might as well like if that's the only way you can bring him in, uh, you know, might as well bite the bullet on a DP deal. Yeah. You know, probably to, to buy someone like Tiago Martinstown. But when you bring in a DP, you're usually looking to pr- bring in someone who has pedigree, someone who has pr- uh, proven performance value. Um, Santi, throughout his tenure with NYCFC, has produced well when playing out in the wing. When he plays centrally, he does not perform well. All right, He has a tendency to be a little bit overconfident in his dribbling abilities, taking on a few too many players and getting the ball to, and then seeding the ball in possession and losing it, um, which is why Maxi has thrived because he's ha- he, he's an elder statesman. He knows how to ping the ball, play the line splitting passes. Santi dribbles a little bit too much and gets the ball taken away. Um, so, it, I mean, if if he is here on a DP contract, then that's taking away from the potential DP that we could be bringing in, who, who, is, who is a household name, who has a proven pedigree of being able to dominate in senior-level soccer. Um, so where, where have you been hearing... Like his contract potentials, like who, what, what rumors, where, where are you, where you're like pretty much asking what your sources are. Like, what do you see? Well, well I, I pretty much spoke, uh, I spoke to source. I asked him about it because, oh, so your source uh, is you source. know, <laughs> you know, because uh, he's, 
you know, he kept it. A, he doesn't really uh, say a lot. Like we asked him, like, "Yo, like, what's the like? Yo, we're gonna make moves," and he's like, "Yes, but I can't really say anything." So, and he, he does have connections uh, around the world. So, uh, you know, I think I think he's proven himself to be uh, to be to be a decent source. But you know, obviously, if, um, you know, in the past we have uh, some of us, especially you, Joe, have gotten into arguments uh, with uh, with source. Yeah, especially, you especially you, have, you haven't seen the arguments that Source and I have had because most of them have been in DMs. That's how yeah. this, I mean, I've been getting yeah, a lot of arguments yeah. in DMs as well. Yeah, but, yeah, the, yeah. Problem, the problem is, it's hard to trust a, a, a it's hard to trust a fourteen year old that set that claims that he has relationships with 15. people around the world. Fifteen. So here's the, here's the here's the thing. You know what? I don't doubt that Source might be able to get information because he's not very upfront with that kind of information. I think what he does is he gets in touch with people's agents. And agents are typically a lot more likely to speak up on a situation as opposed to a club or as opposed to another journalist. It's easy to get extrapolate something out of an agent if, like, there's already something going on. Like, for instance, like, that was, like, what was going on with Simon Vladerchik last week when we talked about him. You know, a lot of people were getting in touch with this agent. This agent was very forthcoming with the information. So, I mean, like, like and I respect the kid's grind, you know. He, 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 but listen, even, like, even if, like, He's not the best source for inside information. He's great at like an, at being like an aggregate information. You know, like he's great at collecting and seeing and paying attention to what's going on, and then like posting it and sharing it in a more visible way for the fandom to see. Um, I don't have. I'm not. Pri- I'm not privy to what Santi's um, contract situation is. Um, obviously, I prefer a Tam deal. I wouldn't be opposed to a DP deal, because if you look at his numbers and you look at the production, which is what you're paying for, you know, you know, he's coming into assist. It's not like he's a DP where, you know, like we're getting him and we're just hoping that he's done well. He has a proven track, track record with this team. That's a, a, a and a, a season and a half worth, you know, worth of, of equity built into this club. And we've seen what he can do when he's on top of his game. At a certain and, position. And, and, well, well, here's the thing. I don't necessarily think that he's bad at a 10 either. Um, cause, so that's where he was playing mostly when he first came over, he was playing as a 10. Um, and like, we saw him and Tati link up to lethal effects. So like, like, like go back and watch like Ta- Santi, Santi, uh, Santi Rodriguez's first like five games with this club, which also includes the, uh, the league's cup match against Pumas. And, and what, look how Tati and Santi link up. Now, obviously there's a question about whether or not he's going to be able to do the same with Tylus, who we expect to be at the nine. Come February twenty fifth. However, listen, number like like numbers don't lie, and like third most assists in MLS plus seven goals to boot. That's a lot of production, and that's and and that's DP worthy. Where are you getting the information from that he was playing the ten? Because as long as we've had Maxi Morales, Maxi's the ten. Well, and he's healthy. Yeah, when Maxi yeah. when Maxi's healthy, he plays at the ten, and yeah, and Santi plays as an out and out on the right. Yes, I think that's the, so. He's getting all these stats as assists when he's playing out there because he's not he has in the middle every of everything. Game. And when he's not playing, that's typically where Santi's lined up. And every time Santi plays the ten, I'm disappointed with his performance. I, I see. I I I don't know, but Barney, you, you tell me. You're an outsider here because Joe and I will argue for three hours, and we're just going. <laughs> We'll, we'll go around. We'll, we'll go around and around and around, and nobody's going to change each other's mind. So you, I am. Um, I'm going to look at pure stats and look at the fact that when you add up goals and assists, he was our highest goals and assists on stats last season. So 18 goals and assists versus Talis uh, with 16, and then Tatista somehow was still only third <laughs> when only playing for us for half. The yeah, season. yeah, definitely the 13 goals have definitely carried him um, to third. So for me, I. I 
if you've got that wherever you're playing, uh, I go back to the original point that he knows the club, he knows the league, he's got the confidence, he's shown he can do it. Whether that is always never, you know, that performance might sometimes be frustrating. But if he's getting the goals and the assists, then I say give him the chance, give him the DP contract because I don't think big household names is how we seem to be going. We seem to get linked with loads of names, but we haven't had one of those names for. You know, we're linked with Marcel at the moment. Yeah, there's there's plenty of names we've been like. I remember uh, Giroud, we've been linked with, and um, Gareth Bale in the past, Messi uh, at some Martin, point. Yeah, Martins and um, uh, one of the guys that went to Toronto was linked with as well, like a year or two back. Like, I don't think that's actually legit. I don't actually think we tend to ever go for those players now. That's not the, that's not what New York City's for. New York City's here to find these up and coming South Americans to see if they're worth them bringing over to Europe. Ala, Callens and Tati now going over to Spain. Um, I see Santi as what the what CFG probably possibly see as the next one in in the chain or on the uh, I don't know what you call it the production line. The, the long CFG production line uh, and and listen that that CFG the CFG system and like, like we've gotten into arguments about like um you know like 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 you know like like how the front office does things now obviously we. I've had several issues this offseason, not so much with like how we've brought in players, but just the mass exodus of players that we've talked about several times. The loss of Collins, the loss of Johnson, uh, you know, the loss of Tati going back, you know, like 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 a, like a half season. Um, so to pick to pick a name and like then it seems like they're gone. That Maxi's gone, and we don't even know if we were compensated for for that loss either, despite the fact that he was, you know, on contract going into this year. We still don't know, like the deal. We'll never know because it's it's you know the, the club just isn't in the business typically of you know uh, disseminating numbers. However, I, I've always said, and you know, and Davi and Joe can test you know testify to this. I've always said that when it comes to the actual recruitment, David Lee since taken over in the sport in, in the sporting department for Gio, for not for Gio, for Claudio Arena uh, has done a brilliant job. Um, uh, at bringing in these players uh and like and a lot of like and like low-key too like i mean goody torrenson is i don't think is a name that many people like envision when it comes to quality like nycfc players but he was brilliant for us especially during that 2021 season uh tyler scored, scored the free kick that really sparked everything for us yeah um tyler magno is a huge pickup because we're talking about somebody who got gold gold.com's top 50 wonder kids in the world just in 2019, so the two years before we were able to pick him up, that's a, that's a huge amount of business. Even if like he's dealt with injury problems, that's still going to be a player that's going to be on European teams' radar, big European teams' radar at that for the next three years. So like until he's at least 23, um, uh, Gabriel Pereira, um, who I think was probably our best attacking player last year. Uh, uh, some people are a bit mixed on him. I think Thiago Andrade, for the price that we're paying him and for when he came in, has been very underrated and very serviceable. Was that like one, like one million or something like that? It was like a, I don't even think it was like a one million dollar transfer fee, and I don't even think we're paying him like I think we're paying him like maybe like two hundred thousand, maybe less. Like, like, like that's that's a great piece of business. Like, uh, and, and not only that, we also just came in and uh, swooped in uh, Ilinic from Slovenia. Ilinic, uh, I. I, I I still think that Tiago Martins was a very, very good pickup. It took him a, a while to acclimate, but when he and Collins, so in every single game that he and Collins started together, 0.7 goals conceded. 
that's better than Collins and Schnell. That's that's something. That's that's not insignificant. That's that's a no, very that's, that's, that's the best defense in the league, right? And especially when you and when you take that into account and weigh that against how he started off the season earlier, and then you take that total number, like that that's that's amazing. Like like that's an amazing middle and second half part of the season. What's that feel? Does that number include him passing the ball in our own net? I'll answer your question. Like, like, honestly, I don't know because I don't remember who he started next to in that game. It might have been Collins. Was it Collins that he started next to in that game? I think it might have been. Who else would have been? I try to, bl- I try to black it out. Let, 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 me, let me go check. Let me go check. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, here's the thing. Joe constantly brings up this Tiago Martin's passing into our own net. This, this fucking guy has also, ad- also advocated that we bring Matarita back. Quote unquote, this awesome. I never want to see this man wear blue again, much less our kids. Like, like no. I was there in 2019. Mata fucked off to the Ukraine. So we, 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 Mata fucked off to the Ukraine. I just Googled the, uh, the lineup uh, against Cincinnati for that game. And um, uh, Tiago Martin's own goal, red card. And we played a back three with uh, Cheneau in the middle and Callens on the left. Okay, so it was after we transitioned to the back. Really? Or or was that before like the real transition? Or was it just like one of those one off like I think I think it I think it was before the transition, but uh that that's what Google's showing. Google's showing uh uh three four three. That's a uh, uh, I, I mean yeah, no, and that so that does include that game. Well because that included all the games where Collins and Martin started together and that would count. Yeah, and if it wasn't for if it wasn't for that stupid back pass, we would have won that game one nil. <laughs> Yeah, so it should count for more. It should be high, it should be weighted higher in, in terms of importance. And, and, and then he, and then he gets himself sent off. <laughs> he pretty much he, he was. It was a bad game. So, so you're telling me that Santi was just trying to one up, like Santi's little rendezvous back to Uruguay. He was just trying to one up uh, Thiago Martins by scoring. A Basically, game but, but, it's, but except he scored in the right, and he scored maybe in the right was, net. Maybe he was in the right net that time. Maybe it was also a smoke signal to David Lee getting me the fuck <laughs> out of. It could have also been that too. <laughs> like I won out. All right, we got to move on. Uh, so after the whole Santi news, um, is uh, for any for any of you guys who are currently Instagram stalking Gabby Pereira, he. Where in the world is Gabi Pereira? The answer is is that he was in an airport in Brazil, then he was in an airport in Houston during a, a layover, and apparently most recent location is Palm Springs, California, <laughs> so, which means he is meeting the team for the Coachella Valley Invitational taking place this week. Uh, Gabi is back. He got His visa got uh, fixed, uh, figured out, squared away, um, and he is officially back with NYCFC. Um uh, how excited are we? I'm I'm pretty freaking I'm pretty freaking one excited. Less, one less city player going to Bahia, so <laughs> that's fantastic news. Yeah, yeah, that that's nice. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's 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 super important to to have him back, and I think it's also important to have him get some preseason games in with the boys before match day number one. I was super scared that it was going to take longer and longer and longer, and that he was going to arrive like three days before the match before February twenty fifth. And not only that, we also have to acknowledge the fact that that. Bahia wanted him while yeah. he was training. Yeah, they were trying the to snake was, that's apparently how he was staying match fit while he was stuck he was in Brazil. He was training with Bahia, and yeah, no, uh, that 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 shit don't fly here. That you, you, we already gave you Kasha for free, you, so you can go screw. Uh, it, it, it was terrifying me that we you mentioned before about the amount of players that we let go. Uh, come in the season and that we just naturally seen disappear and you worried who was coming in like I like to play with FIFA 
and like play with the transfer. So you can like have a play with the formations and see what what you're going to potentially play. There were so many players going out; it wouldn't let me transfer out anymore because there but there wasn't enough players to make up the squad on <laughs> on the game. <laughs> and you know what the funny thing is? I, I play a lot of football manager because like I like that kind of like in depth, like very like like that kind of like in depth like met, like team management. And there's been seasons where I've had like a fire sale and I'm like, you're pissing me off. I don't want to look at you ever again because you've disappointed me in a big, big moment. You won't paying too much goddamn money. You're too old. So I've had like fire sales, like in off, like in off seasons, like that, like include that where like I, I ex like, like with haste, mind you, I, I ex like, like I excommunicate at least like 12 players and then bring in like eight to like replace them and, uh, and all of some, Yes, yeah, so, 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 I was going to say it's, like, it's the price of uh, of success, though, because you look at even the biggest teams in the world, your Real Madrid's, the Bayern Munichs, when they've won the Champions League, they have mass exoduses because everyone's like, "Well, I've completed it here, so I'll move on." And we've had the same with New York. You know, I'm I'm surprised Johnson didn't go. Maybe even in the summer, um, perhaps he didn't have the right move. Maybe the right offer didn't come in. Perhaps he just needed Drake to phone him. A weird little setup. Um, <laughs> but but I'm I, I'm not shocked that it's that it's fallen. I, mean, I don't mean fallen apart in a negative way, but you know that so many people have gone. It's it's gonna it's gonna be a thing when you know if you've completed MLS as I call it, then you're gonna go and want to get a new fresh challenge. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, uh, it's it's. I'm not so. I, I wasn't so much pissed about the mass exodus of players because I still think, and I still do think right now, especially in the wake of news that we've gotten in the last 24 hours, and we'll talk about Ledesma probably in a second, um, is um, that, you know, I do think NYCF, if you look at, if you actually put NYCFC's 11 down on a piece of paper, it's a solid 11. It's not a bad 11. You still got Gabriel Pereira in there. You still got Tyler Smagno in there. You, you, uh, I'm, I'm going to include Santi. I know it's not official. I'm including Santi. You also got Kufre at the left back spot. Yeah, Kufre. We brought in Ilinich, who's going to challenge Gray for a starting position. And I'm, I still, I still like Gray. I know Gray is a very polarizing topic in this pod, but I still like Gray. And I think he's still at the at the bare minimum, he's serviceable. At the bare minimum, we still got Snow. We've still got Martins. Um, uh, we've still got Andrade. There's there's talent in this team, and there's definitely there was already enough talent to be a playoff team already. And so, Jared, yeah, you laughing at? Tavon Gray. But I I don't know. Do, do, do you want to do you want to go to that, Joe? Uh, let's talk about the rumor mill. All right. Yeah. So uh, the rumor mill has been spinning. Friday Friday was a huge day. It was. I can't believe how much, how much news got dumped on Friday. The biggest day in just Joe, 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 just 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 wait till next Friday when we get Santi and um, <laughs> and uh, Ledesma in at the same time. We, we, had both, we had we had rumors. We got a player Santi coming back, and then rumors about players. Fanatics is dropping gear without any warning onto <laughs> onto their sites. It's getting how sold much, out how in much seconds. Spend already? <laughs> the bots are selling the shit out in seconds. It's ridiculous. Uh, I, I mean, How much I'm, did I'm you spend already? Uh, I don't want to talk about it, but right, but right now, I'm, right now, right now, I'm rocking the new travel hoodie. Uh, it's very comfortable, very, very fashionable. If anybody wants to buy it, it fits true to true to size. 
Um, I don't want to talk about how much money I've spent already. My wife, I don't, I, I, she's within earshot. I can't really disclose that. She's going to listen to this anyway. I can't disclose how much money I've spent <laughs> on the new gear already. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so rumor, so I mean, rumor mail Friday, uh, pretty much. And this was, this rumor dropped before the, the, the rumor of Santi returning. Like, like it happened like within an hour of each other. It's like I was scrolling and I was like, and I was like, oh shit, I was like, oh look, a little rumor that, that, uh, NYCFC, uh, are potentially in, 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 uh, shopping for a loan with, for, uh, American winger, American winger 10, American 10, uh, Richard Ledesma from PSV Eindhoven. Um, so that that rumor drops, and then literally like an hour later, it's like, oh, Santi's coming back. It's like, it's like how old is it? This was like what, like 23, 22? Right? I, have, I have it pulled up. He's uh, 23. 22. 22. 22. 22. 22. He's 22. 22. And he turns 23 on September 6th, so halfway through the season, he'll turn 23. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so, so the, the news drops on, on Friday. That that dropped first, and then an hour, literally an hour later, uh, Santi, it's like, oh, Santi's coming back. It's like, okay, we started Friday out with no 10s, or uh, half of a 10. Because Maxi Cruzo is like a half of a ten. He's only fourteen years old, um, and then and then now all of a sudden we have two tens coming. He's still he's still taking the algebra regions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it, it was a huge. That was yeah. We went from having no tens to potentially having two, and uh, at least no tens that are ready for MLS top flight play. You know, like but yeah, no, I, I'm excited about the Ledesma move because we've all seen Ledesma play in the past when he's healthy. He's a very good player. Unfortunately, he's running some fitness issues, which. Uh, not, it's not too dissimilar to what Gideon's slalom went through. I hate to bring that up because that's kind of bad juju because slalom didn't have a better time when it came to fitness when he came here either. But Ledesma is a quality player, and I'm happy to have him. And if, if, if we have him and Santi, mind you, remember what I said earlier about Santi bolstering the entire attack because of simply like his versatility and where he can play on the pitch. Uh, Ledesma isn't too dissimilar. According to his transfer marked page, it's pronounced transfer marked. God damn it! Transfer market. Um, it's a market uh, where you go to get transfers. But uh, um, <laughs> uh, Desma is capable of playing on the right wing. He can play as an as a ten. That's his primary position. He can also play in the central midfield. So you've got a very versatile player who bolsters essentially the entire attack. I have no doubts that Desma could probably play inverted on the left as well. I think he's right footed. Um, and yeah, so that that's a huge bolster. He, and also, those two pushing each other for competition at 10 is going to be exactly the kind of, like, fire that we're going to need. Especially Because, I mean, we've always notoriously... So, and, and, you know, we've all been following the team for years at this point. So we can all we all know this team usually is synonymous with two things. A slow start, and then a slow late summer slash early spring. Uh, and if we can get off, like, off the blocks, like, really, really hot this season, and, like, really come out with, like, purpose and meaning and... And quality, I, I'm really, I'm really hopeful. I, I think these two additions are huge. Uh, we'll talk about the rumored summer addition, uh, which could be game changing. But like, yeah, no, Joe. What do you so think? let's talk about Richie. Um, so Richie is he's like five, he's shorter. He's like five six, five eight, somewhere around there. Um, mm-hmm. The only thing, the, the important things to know about him, he has dual citizenship, United States and Mexico. Um, he his contract with PSV Eindhoven. Uh, expires June 30th of 24. Um, so, I mean, I, I, we don't have a lot of specifics yet about if it's going to be an offer for a loan with an option to buy or if it's just a straight loan. Um, uh, he joined PSV Eindhoven in uh, 2021 uh, in the summer. Uh, he has spent time at, I guess, is Jong PSV 
PSV's younger. Um, PSV is their second. reserve team. That's a reserve team. So he's been he's, like, been, he's, he's been here since 1920. The important thing to note for his for MLS purposes is is that he um he was he spent time in the Real Salt Lake um, youth system. He played for the Real Monarchs um, in in 2018 as a 17 year old, which is USL two um, or USL the second division. Um, so any type of deal that we make with uh, PSV Eindhoven, uh, some, uh, some type of garber bucks are going to have to be going over to Real Salt Lake because they essentially have his discovery rights, they own his rights to um, in MLS. Yeah, well, we got the garber bucks. Uh, thank you, Seattle, for taking a better off our hands. Uh, yeah, we got the garber bucks. So. <laughs> uh, his current market value is. I mean, I, I don't. I don't speak. Uh, non-US dollar, so maybe uh, Barney can help me translate what 850k in, in, in Euro is. It's very, very close to $850,000 at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, Euros, I think like 850000 probably about a million, thereabouts, about a million, about a million dollars. Uh, so I mean, that's, that's not a about a million dollars is, is about that's that's a, that's a pretty good going rate for a for a guy on a TAM deal, right? I mean, if I mean, then obviously like this is a loan, but like I'm talking about like with loan with the option to purchase, um, he'd probably be he'd probably fall under the TAM. Yeah, well, category. also also when it comes to loans, like teams aren't always on the hook. Like the team that they're being loaned to isn't. I'm Barney. I'm pretty sure can get more into depth like with this later, but not the team isn't always on the hook for the entire salary either. So like for instance, like there could be a deal. Where it's like, okay, this he's making three hundred fifty thousand dollars on our books. If you take half of that, you know, if you are willing to put in, like, pay one hundred seventy-five thousand dollars worth of his wages, we'll we'll let you loan this player. Also, if you have a buy-on clause of about, you know, like let's say one point two million, you know, like 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 that that'll give that'll be your exclusive price, essentially, like your release clause for the player. Um, but yeah, no, I mean. It's a decent. It's a decent piece of business. I don't expect Ledesma to cost us tons of money, um, and I do rate him as a player when he's healthy, God willing. Uh, I, th um, I think it, I think the fee should be around like Cooper's fee, like one to two million. Yeah, um, I, I'm, Barney. What do you think of the move? Um, I, I think it, these the yeah, bringing the young American players back over. I think if it's someone that's struggling, someone that needs some game time, it makes sense on all parties, on all fronts. You know, if it's a lone player, then there's there's less risk from New York's perspective than giving him a two three year contract because if he's got injury problems, then um, then you you want to make sure he can play. You don't want to be giving him a contract and then find out you've got to pay for him to sit in the in the uh, injury room for two three years. Um, it, it's great for PSV, as you were saying. It could be a deal where we we pay the majority of his wages, so it takes that off their books. Um, yeah, I, th I think it's a good one. It could be, it could be like um, uh, Morales, like we've done with him, where he's come back over to America to try and maybe get some influence back into the, the American national team. Um, yeah, I think I think good move. Yeah, but with, with Alfredo, he was returning from the Bundesliga after a pretty storied career over there. Whereas this guy's yeah, 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 younger, and, uh, yeah, but you know. So, I think so here, he's, he's, here are some career stats for Richie. Um, he the most minutes he's played in the season was back in 1920 for it was for the second division for Jong PSV he played 2000 minutes. 1920 how old is this kid? <laughs> 22. Oh, he's in 2019 2020. Yeah, 2019 2020. Yeah, yeah, the 2019 
Yeah, so um, to- in total, you- in total, in five years of professional soccer, he's played just under four thousand minutes. Because, I mean, he's played. He played in twenty twenty one. He played six hundred seventy four. Um, in twenty one twenty two, he played four hundred. For actually, for 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 the first team of PSV Eindhoven, he's only played in fourteen matches and started two and played two hundred sixty two minutes. So he has two hundred sixty two minutes of first division Eredivisie uh, experience. But I mean, in in those two hundred sixty two minutes, he has a goal and an assist. So I mean. Uh, and the Eredivisie is a very good league. Um, it, it's uh, you know it's not you know top five quality. Uh, it's not it's not up there with like Ligue 1 or Syria or Bundesliga, the Premier League or um, La Liga or anything like that. But like outside of that, you know those clubs, you know like I, I, I would probably put it Eredivisie is probably like among the top ten leagues in Europe. Probably, probably like eighth or ninth, probably behind Portugal. Maybe, maybe even tenth, and maybe even like a little bit lower than that. But I mean, it's still a solid league. It's it's better league. It, like it. If he, if he, mind you, this is a person, this is a kid who attracted PSV's attention. PSV is a perennial contender in European competition, whether it be Champions League or Europa League. They're a perennial contender in those competitions. Uh, and in order, and for a player to never even get the top, the top flight appearance uh, in MLS uh, as an as an academy product, for them to see that much potential to bring him in, make him a fixture in the reserve team, or big, which is set, young PSV is essentially their U twenty one team. Uh, that, that's that's saying something. He's also gotten minutes there. His and also the issue with Ledesma is not the talent. It's not so much that he's on the outs of like in the squad due to poor performances. It's that he's not healthy very often. Is he always injured? Is that what's going on? Yes, he has a fitness. He has a, he has very well documented fitness issues. But I mean, what, and, what was his most recent injury like? Where where is Bob? I couldn't I couldn't say because I'm not a I'm not I don't support PSV and I'm I'm not too in tune with like what their setup is. I don't watch a lot of Dutch football. However, I am I, I am aware that he has had several issues which have kept him out uh, out of the United States national team. Uh, have kept prevented him from getting call ups even from the United States national team. He, he's a player that has been on the perif- periphery of um you know of the United States national team for a while. But because he's had issues staying fit, it's been it, it, it's been hard to assimilate him into that system. So I and if he's healthy and he's ready to go, I do think a year. Listen, it could be very it could very well turn into like one of those deals where he's all like kind of like kind of how it was with Ebenezer Ofori, where he's only with us for a season or two and then moves back to his original club and tries to play a straight there again. Or Yangel Herrera, for instance. But Yangel Herrera. Was a very good player for us in the two seasons that we had. Probably our best midfielder. Uh, I, I would go as far as to say the same thing about um, about Ebenezer Ofori. All right. So I have a little bit of his injury history here. Um, he tore in 2021 from 2010 2020 to December 6 2021. So that's almost a full year. 361 days. He uh, it just says cruciate ligament rupture, which is either the ACL, the PCL, the LC. So it's a knee. It was an ACL injury. It was an ACL. ACL, he was out for a year. Um, He missed 45 games. Uh, He was out for almost a full calendar year. Uh, After that, he had an unknown injury that kept him out for 25 days. And then more recently, August 14th, 2022, he missed 16 days with an ankle injury. And then from January 7th of this year to January 13th of this year, which is only six days, he missed two games with an ankle injury. So, I mean, he's just... It's just unlucky. Just soccer. So, so, so it seems like that ankle is the problem as as of late. The ankle and the ACL, like basically his lower extremities, are. Made. 
<laughs> well, that, that's that's not going to go uh, well when we have to go play fucking Portland at Atlanta with. And it's also, and it also could prove to be a problem because you know, like even though we're not in any kind of continental, well, I mean, not any major continental competitions, we do still have you know the the, the league. We have the U.S. Open Cup, and we're going to Cup. Yeah, and I expect us to be a playoff team this year as well. So then you have those competitions at the end. So. Yeah, he. I, I hope. I hope his uh, his legs hold out, like for sure. But uh, uh, once again, on loan, you know, it, it, for for a loan, if it, if we were purchasing him for like a million dollars right up front, I'd probably have reservations. But I think a loan is good business. So, uh, in Richie Ledesma's first start at PSV after twenty months off with the knee, with the knee injury, um, he hurt his ankle. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm reading here that it was he tore, he tore his right ACL, um, and uh, yeah, so he pretty much got hurt immediately after he came back. Uh, now, to his credit, the tackle that he got hurt on in his ankle it was a red card tackle um, in the 37th yeah. minute of a match. So I mean, it's not like it's something that he's doing. It's like he's just getting genuinely just mauled by people. It sounds like unlucky. Um, and he's made one appearance for the U.S. men's national team in an exhibition against Panama back on November 16th of 2020. So relatively recently, relatively. Yeah, and this is, he made his PS he made his PSV debut on November 1st, 2020, and then he made his USA uh, full appearance on the 16th. So that was a pretty good week for him, pretty good two week stretch for him right there. Yeah, um, I, I can see him becoming if he stays healthy and if he's. 100% he's ready to go. I can see him being a key player in the system. And, you know, we already know he's not going to be on a DP deal. He's probably not even going to be on a TAM deal. He'll probably be paid, assuming, I don't, I, I'm not privy to his wages, so I'm just taking a guess. But, you know, even though PSV has probably deep pockets for, you know, Dutch standards, you know, typically they're not one of the super clubs of the world. You know, they're not spending PSG money. Let's just say that. Like, and, you know, I would imagine... We'll probably be paying him like about two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, maybe three hundred thousand dollars on a contract this year, um, uh, depending on how much of the wages that uh, PSV is picking up. Now, Barney, it sounds a lot like this is um, very similar to like a Gideon Zalalem story, uh, a player who can't who can't necessarily catch on, live up to his potential in, in Europe, um, and he kind of comes back home to kind of get his feet back under him and, and play a little bit. Obviously, it didn't work out for Zalalem right now. I mean, Zalalem did find a new club. Um, so, and he's still young enough. He can still he can still uh, still get back what he where, where he was when he was playing for Arsenal, um, or Arsenal youth product. But uh, do you do you think that this is something similar? It's just an American reclamation project that go go save our troops over overseas, um, bring them back to the states, uh, and get them get their stock back up again. Potentially, you could be onto something there. I will come back to that in literally two seconds. I just thought it was really interesting you were talking, Christian, about. Uh, where Holland was, like in the kind of top leagues in in Europe, yeah. UEFA actually believes it's the sixth best league, so just outside the top five. So they were not outside the top five. Exactly. So. I would have put Portugal there. That's where I would have put Portugal, like Liga Noche or, or Primera Primera Divisão. I think is what they're called. Yeah, so you got the the French division is fifth, then Holland, Portugal, Belgium, Scotland in ninth. So, you know. He's a good three leagues above James Sands in terms of competition. Um, but did you see the, the guy that Atlanta signed from Celtic basically yes. slating? Yeah, the yeah. League? So, anyway. so excited about that. Scotland <laughs> sucks. Their league is bad. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, I was born in Scotland, so I'm allowed to insult it too. So, anyway, um, 
Yeah, Zalalem, I think, is... So, you see it a lot over here, I think, particularly, obviously, we've got so many more professional leagues in England, especially. You see, like, what we call journeymen that maybe live on a career from, like, one club or one little spell of play. And I think Zalalem is one of those where he's going to have a career because he was in the Arsenal Academy. That's it. Like, he's going to always get transfers. Clubs are always going to take a risk because, well, Arsenal must have seen something in this kid. It's because, it's because he has that, like, big club on his resume. They think, oh, okay, yeah. there's something in it. So exactly. we're, we're, we're going to go ahead and give him a chance, however. Somebody say, like, promising that it came from a smaller club, someone like a, I don't know, like an Acton Stanley, per se. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, I actually think I get, I get where you're coming from with that, Joe, but I think... Um, I'd like to hope that this uh, Ledesma is has a lot more hope than Zelhalem. I remember thinking Zelhalem was an odd odd move for us because I knew the name, I'd heard the name. Um, I think I remember seeing him on loan for someone in like League One or League Two against Pompey, like way back. And Pompey was still even worse. I think, I think he played in the. Uh, I think he played in that All Star game against uh, the MLS when Arsenal was over in uh, in California. I think he also yeah. played. So, um, but yeah, I think um, I think he he's got a lot more potential than Zalalem has for us. Now, do we do we feel that this is a good like second place trophy, like getting Ledesma compared to like last week? We were, as soon as as early as last week, we were talking about hopefully getting uh, Alan Sen- uh, Senor- Sonora. Well, some of us were, not a lot of us were. I never really took a uh, see the the Senora story. Listen, I would have liked to have him, but I mean. I don't want to. I don't want to take a shit on anybody, but there really wasn't. I'll say this: there wasn't much smoke in the Senora thing, so I never really put too much stock on that. Um, if anything, I think a player like Ledesma uh, will. Because where was Senora playing before that? Independiente was that where he was at? Yeah, it was, I think he was yeah, in Argentina. They, they, he by mutual consent they terminated his contract, and this was yeah. they terminated his contract right after his brother terminated his contract with somebody else. Now I, I was the one who was like, I was like, bring them both. I was like, bring both. I was like, bring both of the Senoras over here. <laughs> well, they're, they're, they're not here. both. And now they're both going to Mexico. Yeah, and, 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 and now, now Alan is in Mexico. He just signed with the Liga Mexis club, uh, and uh, but I mean. Both, both of them signed for Juarez. Yeah, Juarez. So basically, they they went nowhere. Uh, but um, uh, you know, like I I is it a hot take to say I'd rather have Ledesma than Senora right now? Is that a hot take? That's a pretty hot uh, take. Uh, I'd rather considering okay. Ledesma's so, not sniffing. I I, a, a I, I agree. Camp I agree. And, and it's Senora just started two games in the January cupcake window. I think. See, here's the thing. I would rather have Ledesma on loan for a year to see if it works out and give Santi a little bit of a fire to play at his best, as opposed to sign Senora pre-Santi deal, mind you, when this came up. We didn't know whether or not Santi... We knew that Santi, the club had reached out to Santi based on that interview that he did where he talked about his experience in New York. We knew that NYCFC had reached out again to try to get a move going. But we didn't know if that was a loan deal. We Supposedly, didn't know uh, Santi was trying to hint that he wanted to come back, but I guess nobody just like fell for the little hints. Uh, I, I, here's the thing: I, I don't, I don't want to get too, too much. Like, I'm going to get caught in the weeds, like with the Santi situation. The Senora stuff came out pretty much before, what, like, like we knew anything significant with Santi was going on, um, and uh, like, like, 
Signora has always been a player who like, oh, how can I say this? Like, like, like I, I would feel a lot more comfortable with, let me go back to my previous point. I'd feel a lot more comfortable with giving Ledesma a shot for a season on loan and, and put a fire under Santi as opposed to possibly sign Signora to a permanent transfer for uh, three or four seasons and have him not work out and then us be stuck with a player who just can't cut it. And I would much rather have a player who low risk, high reward, on, on the loan deal that, you know, best case scenario, he's good. And hopefully that it comes with a, a, you know, an option to buy and then we can make him a permanent member of the squad and assimilate him into NYCFC's overarching culture, or we send him back right the fuck back to where he came from. And we forget all about it. And we forget that it happened. You know, we did that pretty much with Eloy Amagat. We got, we, we got over him. Very quickly. Um, <laughs> you know, have season the rental. worst signing in NYCFC history. You mentioned, two, you mentioned two of my worst footballing memories in Amaga <laughs> and uh, Matarita. They, yeah. they were my first two NYCFC games. I was at the Amalek oh, game. That's, a, that's rough. That's uh, rough, buddy. The Derby. And then I was at the Toronto playoff game. So, yeah, thanks. thank you for those, those two. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know it's really bad like when your highlight... Uh, with us is is a red card against your biggest rival. You know that you know that you, you were pretty fucking good nope. when that's your highlight. <laughs> you want to know what the fucked up thing about that was? I remember watching that game, and I was you know doing my thing with uh, with Hudson River Blue at the time, so I was in their Slack chat talking. I remember seeing him through the first thirty five minutes, and I'm like, okay, I thought he was a little too old when we first got him, but the, he's not offending me. He seems to be fine. Then he slides over the fucking ball, goes studs up into the dude's ankle, and gets sent off. And then just from there, he was an absolute disaster. Like it was a disaster class in football. Like like it was. Like, it's one of my. I don't think there's been a worse NYCFC player since Adam Nemich graced us with his presence in the Arnold. Uh It was it, it was that bad, and it was only half a season. So, yeah, but then but then Amagat reappears years later, scoring a penalty kick goal against Barcelona, right? Yeah, yeah, for like what is it, Oilot and like the third division? Yeah, like like Copa del Rey or some shit. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Did, did, did even play after that red card? Did he even play at all? Yeah, no, he did. That was his first game. Well, that was his first game. That was his debut, Davi. What a fucking debut! He then. played a lot after that, and that was like oh, one of the uh, reasons. Yeah, debut. Was one of the reasons why I was in the Dome out campaign because that was one of the transfers that Dome brought in, if I recall correctly. I think he came in post Vieira. It, it was helping a yeah. fellow Catalan yeah, yeah, get yeah, fucking, Dome and he just kept playing. <laughs> like I don't understand why he just kept playing. Like he just did like Dome, like. Like, like, Dome was, like, going, like, full, like, goofy, like, you know, I don't know if you guys have seen, like, the meme, like, I'll fucking do it again, you know, like, it, it, like, it just, like, I'll play him again, and again, and again, and again, it was awful. 2018 was just, like, that second half was a miserating experience, and then, of course, we had 2019, which corrected course a lot, but, yeah, no, uh, Eloy Alma got bad. Going back to Ledesma, I think the loan is the right deal, and, well, yeah. So, with Ledesma, do you guys think that it'd be... Because like obviously we don't have a lot of depth at the ten position, so bringing Santi back, having him be the starter, you think it'd be it'd be good to kind of have Ledesma as that come on at thirty at, with, with like at like seventieth minute, seventy fifth minute, eightieth minute. So, so, so here's the thing: you can use him as that, and you know, I, I, Barney, I want your opinion, and, and Javi, you guys on this too. I would say, listen: you can play Santi and keep Ledesma on the bench, and see if you can find an opening for him, or. You can even start with Desma at the ten and play Santi out wide on the right, yeah, which is I was good. Say that. yeah. Like, I mean, you start Santi. 
have t- take Tiago and Draj off, push Santi out to the wing, and then bring Ledesma on. You can do that too. It, it, that's the thing. That's why I like these two moves so much. These two moves, because these are multifaceted players who can both play in a plethora of different positions on the pitch, you, you've bolstered your attack immensely just by their mere presence because these are two guys who can play and oh, virtually anywhere in the attack sans striker. You know, like, like th- th- these, are, these are guys that you, you can play in a, in a multitude of different roles and positions depending on the need, depending on rotation, or depending on if you rate them both at the same time. And just, and of course, you know, you have to be careful with that because if one of them goes down, you know, like you're going to need one of them to be... Next man up mentality. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but I mean, at the same time, it's it's the possibilities are endless in my eyes. I don't know. What do you think, Barney? I, th- I think if you're PSV, you're going to want um, some guarantees that that Ledesma is going to get the minutes. You know, you, you, if you're going to be letting this guy go out on loan, um, they're going to want to know that he's getting his fitness back, that he's getting some match time, some good, good competitive games. They're not going to want him to see him coming off the bench for last like 15, 20 minute bursts. They want to get him back to full match fitness. Um, so, yeah, I think you're right with maybe him playing in the 10 and Santi out wide. Um, I could see that being more of a thing if, if you know, if if that's how Nick wants to, to play on his right-hand side with Santi, then then that could work. I, I also just want to make one quick point or two. It also depends on what system that Nick Cushing wants to play because if he goes back to that 3-4-3 that we saw at the tail end of last year, that we had the resurgence in form under, there is no 10 in that formation. Mm. It, it's, it's two central midfielders. Yeah, um, you can play there too, though. Like you said, like you can play there, so that, that works out fine. So, so, like, so I guess I you really have like the 3 you, or 3 Would you have like Alfredo as like that holding midfield, and then you'd have somebody like Asante or Ledesma? Like, uh, I mean, yeah, like Asante or Ledesma, then you'd so probably have like, someone like a Tiago on the wing, and then probably like a Matias Pellegrini, like a left mid. You're forgetting about Parks. <laughs> Oh yeah, Parks as well. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I just. I just don't trust his injury history well enough. Like, nice. yeah. you know, I think you've got such a weight. You've got a formation there that that's the kind of the the typical city group formation where it can adapt so much depending on the the the, the phases of play. You know, if we're in attack, uh, then obviously we've got different segments can move forward. If we if we're going back, then then everyone can fill in. Um, I, I, yeah, I like it. I, all right, let's move on to the next rumor mill uh, topic, and that is that there's been some rumblings, particularly from a source, <laughs> that NYCFC is potentially interested in a summer purchase of Anthony Martial from Manchester United. What do we think about that? Rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so... Obviously, Barney's going to be, you know, a little bit biased because he's a United player and a French player. What do English people hate who aren't United uh, uh, fans or French? French players in United. <laughs> so, uh, uh, with yeah, the exception of Eric Cantona, <laughs> yeah, with the exception of Eric Cantona, there, it, yeah. Um, but I've always rated Martial. I've always thought he's a solid footballer. I always thought. It, that you know he he's a very good nine. He can play in a multitude of positions as well. A nine is a huge need for this club right now because we still don't know how Tylus is going to handle that role. Because uh, I, I love Tylus on the wing on the left side, uh, 
At striker, it's been a bit, little bit more of a mixed bag. He had some very good performances last year, and he had some ones where it's like, I don't know if he's a nine. So, I'll be, but uh, apparently the price is $10 million. I think that's a little bit on the cheap side for a United player going out. It's a pretty expensive on our end, so it's a lot of money to spend for a player. Not as much as Matriza, though. So That's why it's important for this contract with Santi to be a TAM deal so that we have a DP spot open for him in the yeah. summer. Well, well, that's the thing. It also spells a lot of information about what a Santi deal could look like because obviously Martial isn't coming over here to play for $700,000, not, not from United. You know, it's, it's not happening. He's coming here to make at least, you know, he's coming here to make the big bucks and live in New York. And he's, he's going to want that big contract. because He's going to win at least 1.5 mil. Because, I mean, if you look at the, the football economy right now, like, where are players going right now? They're going to Saudi Arabia. They're going to, in some cases, big, you know, big Middle Eastern clubs. They're going, to, you know, like like basically to, to clubs that just have big pockets right now and can pay them and offer, you know, very, you know, uh, luxurious lifestyles, essentially. You know, sometimes it's players on the peak end of, you know, their career, and sometimes it's players who are just tired of being stuck out. What's up, Barney? I was just going to say, I just did some quick research, Joe style. Um, the, like to back up my thoughts on why I think this is absolute trash and perhaps just where his agents are using other clubs' names to get him a better deal on his next move, which is such a typical thing these days, right? Um, he's currently on 13 million a year at Man United. So there's no way he's going to be taking a couple of mil a year from us. Um, he's in contract until 2025, so his um, his buyout is going to be way more than 10 million when he's on 13 million a year. Um, this yeah. is an absolute trash storyline. Not, not for me. No, I, well, I, I'm, I didn't that deal. I didn't know that much. So I will defer. Is it the highest paid player? Like 8 million in a league? It's not like one hundred and a year, 8 million. Somewhere around there. I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I, I subscribe yeah. to the thought process that we're 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 a city football group subsidiary. I don't I don't see us making a deal with the devil and, and bringing and and, and and bargaining yeah. a, a, a deal with with the, with the cross city enemy of the of ours of our mothership. It just yeah. I also, I didn't I didn't know he was under contract until twenty twenty five, and it, it, there's no way he's going for ten million dollars. United are going to want at least fifty. Like like I, like it, I'm just. I'm trying to imagine, like, in, like in proportion with his wage, they probably want at least fifty million dollars. There's no way they just come to like, unless they mutually decided to terminate the contract. Or I unless, see this being or him, unless him. CFG does some shady accounting, pays <laughs> <and laughs> money from elsewhere. I see, I see him doing Etihad money. <laughs> I see him doing a Lacazette and maybe going to France on loan, like he like Lacazette's done from Arsenal. Um, I could see that being a thing, maybe to give his his career a boost you know he, they probably didn't expect Rashford to start playing so well again um, he seems to be playing more of a, a lead role which is kind of what you know Rashford had been pushed out wide by the previous hierarchy at United so Martial's been just you know pushed out plus it's also so, it's also a divergence from the from the CF, from the New York City philosophy of uh, of making the team pretty much chock full of South Americans uh, we don't really have we only have Chanel speaks French, right? But uh, Luxembourgian. But 
We, we have been linked to a few Europeans. We even brought one over, though, too, in this offseason. We brought him in if she's from Slovenia. We were, we were linked to top, uh, Tomas Henri, you know, like uh, Henri, you know, early uh, in this window. And also the Simon Vladichik rumors last week, which there is absolutely nothing to. I can guarantee that. When you're being looked at by teams like Celtic, Fenerbahce, uh, Anderlecht, and a mismatch of Syria and Bundesliga clubs, as a 20-year-old striker, I don't think New York City is uh, high up on your list. I mean, listen, would love to see it, but I wouldn't count on that. Uh, yeah, I think I think the I think the contract link, how much he's being paid right now, at the end, the length. I think I think that kills it for me. I think there's better better options out there. Actually, I want I do want to point this out that there is a uh, when he did sign for Monaco uh, to Manchester United, there was like a. Like a seven point five million dollar, like million pound, um, like clause. If he wins the Ballon d'Or within like the next five or so years, like, they'd have to pay. Like Man United would have to pay Monaco an extra seven million or something if he wins the Ballon d'Or. And looking back on it now, it's just absolutely hilarious. Uh, also, um, listen, since we're and also since NYCFC is in the business of bringing in wounded ducks, uh, i.e., Gideon Zalalem and uh, Richie Ledesma, allegedly. I would also like to know there's a certain hobbled man by the name of Daniel Sturridge who is still currently a free agent that would get... Please, no. With NYCFC, like, their recent methodology is, is to bring in players that no one's ever heard of that are young, and then because MLS is becoming a selling league, right? So someone bringing in like a Lacazette or or a Martial, I mean that's that's the that's the NYCFC 1.0 methodology of bringing in a big name. Who's to be fair, that's pretty much the situation with every single league that isn't really right now. I feel like every single league right now, or most of them at least, are farmer leagues essentially right now. Yeah. We're farming it like we're, we're but, but this Martial would go against the grain. It would be the opposite of what we've been doing. Yeah. It would go against it. Would and, I, and I can see us doing this, but I can see us doing this a little bit closer to the stadium opening to help get out. Yeah, to, yeah, 2020, yes. goddamn seven. Former years, boys. I can see us bringing in a huge name right before the stadium opens. Is Martial really the name you want to bring in when that's It's going to be somebody big. Up. It's going to be somebody big that even the, even a casual fan will have heard of. Yeah. Yeah, no, look, 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 look at what LAFC did with Bale. For like, I mean, it, that deal worked out for both of them so well. Bale is a huge name in Europe, in in the UK especially. Um, that that's going to have sold loads of shirts for LAFC and to help their crooked finances probably as well. The night pulled up in MLS Cup, so uh, I'm forever grateful for that. Uh, uh, I used to hate Gareth Bale. He's one of my favorite players now, just because he made Union fans all over the world squeal. So, no, I should I should hate him because he obviously came through Southampton's academy, so that's yeah. Pompey's biggest rivals. Okay, he went to Tottenham. Enough. I have a deep I have a deep love for Arsenal, so going to Tottenham, I hate. I wanted to hate him there as well. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. help respect him. I thought he was such a great player. Well, what about Real Madrid? Do you hate Real Madrid as much? No, I have nothing to hate against Real Madrid. So I when he went there, fucking bastards. When he when he scored the the overhead kick against Liverpool. Because uh, I don't like Liverpool, I was like, ah, yes, yeah, yeah that was something. Wait, so quick question: with you being an Arsenal. Supporter, a lover. Um, how did how how did you feel about uh, Thierry Henry at Red Bull? Yeah, that hurt. That really hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was obviously the early days. Anyway, that's yeah. before we even really existed. Um, but if if as a link, yeah, that that wasn't. It's not a nice one to have known that happened. Where, where um, is Thierry nowadays? I know he was coaching in Montreal for a hot second, right? And then he left. Where is he, where is he now? Uh, he's just, he, I, I think he's a, he's, a he's a pundit. He's a pundit with Wait, CBS Sport. No, wasn't he assistant yeah. coaching somebody at the World Cup? Yeah, Belgium. Oh, Belgium, yeah, Belgium, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. 
yeah, he's 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 followed. He's so Rob, Roberto, my God, Rob, Roberto, Roberto Martinez. He's just left Belgium, right? And he's now with Portugal, I think. Portugal, right? And I'm pretty sure Armory's with him still. He's like his little and training, he's, and he's and he's obviously a pundit with the CBS and Paramount with the Champions League stuff here. Dobby's yeah, our Dobby's our human Google. If you have a question, just ask him. He'll, he'll leave it to you at the top of his dome. He's like a freaking. <laughs> ask him anything. He'll know, he'll know what it is. <laughs> his recollection's insane. All right, so Christian, are you still there? I am. Okay, so let's move on and let's talk about something that's actually tangible and real. <laughs> uh, so coming up this week, Wednesday. 3.30 p.m., our first official match of preseason at the Coachella Valley Invitational against City? St. Louis, I believe. Yeah, well, they, they, but Louis, like, if you look at their logo, St. Louis is, STL is very small, and City is fucking huge. No, 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 we're not. We're the real City. I've never really understood. See, see, here's the thing. I never really understood clubs like putting like City in their name if there's no other club in the city to differentiate itself. Because obviously, in the case of United and City, you need like a little bit of a, a descriptor in there in order to determine, you know, which side. I mean, there's also like historical precedence for these names as well, right? I know, but if, and, but if it was Man City versus Leicester City, would you would you you'd call Leicester Leicester, right? You wouldn't call Leicester City. Yeah, no, I would call them less. Yeah, yeah they're not. So, uh, so I don't know. But I mean, that's that's branding, that's advertising, that's marketing, you know. So like Orlando does it too. They call themselves City. And it yeah, no, makes me no. every time I see it. Yeah, so uh, so we have uh, St. Louis City on Wednesday at 3.30 Eastern Standard Time. I don't know what that is in, in UK Standard Time. Um, 8.30? Yeah, correct. Um, and then later on in the evening of that same day, we, uh, I'm assuming the reserves and anybody who didn't get quality time in that first match is going to be playing against the San Diego Loyal, who could potentially be an MLS club in the next few seasons. Uh, yeah. Currently coached by Landon Donovan, right? Is he the coach or the owner? Or what, what is San Diego Loyal, yeah. Is he the coach uh, so or the I think what you'll see in the first game is most likely the uh, the first team play uh that that's probably what actually as a matter of fact like if they if they reveal these lineups and, and the bench as well we'll probably get a good taste for who's actually going to be on the squad come february 25th because uh you know no no footballer even if they're only getting like a handful of minutes is going to play two matches in one day yeah, it's just, no, it should not, happen. Not, as, not as professional that's like some yeah, that's some yeah, yeah. um and so like uh i imagine in that first game against st louis because it's against mls competition you'll see first team and whoever's going to make the first team, you know, like, like whoever's going to make the match day squad essentially each day, like come in. Uh, and then the second game against the loyal will probably be the reserves, like your NYCFC two, uh, you know, like uh, players or your Academy players and, you know, all players of that ilk. Uh, so, um, as far as uh, we also got some news this week that the, through the Chicago Fire, who seems to be the only team who wants to talk about it, that the reason why these preseason games haven't been broadcasted is because of the deal with Apple TV, which uh, I get. But at the same time, with Apple TV being like with, 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 have, with them having never broadcast an MLS game before, I'm surprised that they're not using the preseason or at least notable That's games like to like as a beta testing grounds uh, of sorts to try things out see what works you know like, like try out some angles that you that you're thinking of try some you know graphics that you that you you're sure could work but you know are kind of unprecedented you know because we, we've seen with apple tv's coverage of you know um you know i, I don't i don't know if barney will know too much about this because you know baseball isn't very popular and jolly old 
But, uh, you know, they, they, they have had that deal with MLB where they broadcast certain Major League Baseball games, and it's been very poor, honestly. But they have had, like, high tech. Um, you know, they have had, you know, nice, like, 8K cameras at the ready, some pretty interesting graphics, like, that dive deep into analytics of the sport. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how that works from a football perspective. But I would honestly expect a brand-new broadcasting partner to at least want to broadcast select you know, preseason games or preseason friendlies, but we haven't got that. I suspect maybe Apple are so good with their behind-closed doors, like MLS in general, that perhaps they are doing that, but they're just not even broadcasting that because they don't want to be seen in any kind of negative light. Yeah, they don't want um, to put on any negative press. Yeah, could be. Uh, yeah, so St. Louis City, San Diego Loyal, same day. Uh, and then next Saturday, a week from today, that uh, we will... Uh, be playing the Timbers at 3 p.m. and it'll be our first game against the Timbers since December of 2021. December 11th, uh, 2021, to be specific. Yeah, when we uh, significant game that Yeah, just, yeah, just a little bit, little bit significant. I mean, you, a few of you. Yeah, uh, exactly. 26 months ago. Yeah, I mean, I can tell you exactly where I was. I was with the guy who's right, whose screen is right above me. Um, we were in, uh, started at the day in a in a random hotel in Portland, Oregon, and ended the day. Um, in a uh, celebration in a, in a basement of a uh, of a hotel. Yeah, it was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so uh, what? what, are, what um, the only thing I know about. I mean, I, I've been trying to. I've been listening to some podcasts uh, about St. Louis City um, this week. Uh, preview, season preview stuff like that. Um, pretty much what I know about them is they have a they have a, a good core of MLS journeymen on their team. Like for example, Tim Parker, a former Red Bull defender, is over there. Jared Stroud, former Red Bull attacker, former Austin FC attacker. Um, Jared Stroud is over there. Um, Roman Berkey. Joe, they got Joe Keeney from the Roman, draft as well. Roman Berkey, former Dortmund goalkeeper, is is over yeah. there. Um, Nicholas, Nicholas Joe Keeney, uh, couple He had a couple caps with the men's national team, played for Orlando for the, a the 2021 Gold Cup. Um, he's over there. So that, I mean, they have they have some they have some players, but that, I mean, nobody's nobody's like wow, like they have like this like it's just it's just some journeyman and a couple and an older goalkeeper and some fringe yeah. US men's national team players. And, having but, uh, having Berkey is big. I think they're probably they're probably not a playoff team, but like they'll so probably like they'll be competitive. The difference with St. Louis City compared to every other team that's that's come in as a franchise recently is that they have they had an entire season this past year of operating as a uh, as a MLS Next Pro team. So during the 2021 22 the 2022 season they operated as a, as an MLS Next Pro team playing against other MLS Next Pro teams. So like Roman Berkey was playing for them and a few of their other guys who they had already signed were playing for them so that like when they play match day number 1 it's not like match day number 1 of them ever play. like this isn't their first pre- they, they've been doing this for a year. And the reason why is because um, due to the pandemic, every, everybody's uh, everybody like Charlotte got pushed back, and because Charlotte got pushed back, St. Louis City got pushed back. Um, so they've been doing this for a little while. They've been building this r- roster for a little while. They already have a freaking stadium built. Like um, they're they're way ahead of the ball game. Um, but uh, they uh, just for comparative purposes, uh, they, they already played their first game of the Coachella because um, a, a few teams have already started playing. Like this, like I think as of like yesterday or the day before. Which was which would have been Thursday and Friday because we're recording on Saturday, um, and uh, they they got beat pretty well by LA by the LA Galaxy. Um, like, what was the final score? I think it was three or four one. I'd have to look it up real quick. So significant. Uh, but yeah, it was pretty 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 significant uh, score line uh, enough that I was like, oh okay, like 
this kind of gives me a, a, a little a little uh, preview of what of what uh, what St. Louis City has got. Um, but uh, yeah, so the, and then we have the the loyal. The loyal the loyal will be a, a good game uh, just for uh, to get our young guys some more minutes because obviously I don't think they're going to play too much in these two in these couple pieces of games. So like that's like the loyal is another game where you're going to see Carrizo. You're going to see. Uh, Dennis, if he's is Dennis back from Honduras? I don't know if he's back from Honduras duty yet. I, think, I don't think, I think so. I think he will be probably by the time this games are going on. Um, but you should see. Um, also, I mean, another thing of note is uh, is uh, uh, NYCFC two played a preseason game today, like a couple hours ago. Um, it wasn't live streamed or anything like that, but I saw the results on on Twitter. Uh, they tied two two against uh, a team called FC Motown, which is actually out by it's like by me, like it's like twenty like twenty thirty minutes on the road. It was played at Belson, I believe, in uh, at St John's. Um, but uh, a player who appeared for in that game in the preseason game for NYCFC two is MD Myers, who is a uh, one of our super draft picks from Rutgers. So I mean, he is still with, the, with he's still with the te- with the with the program with the with the with NYCFC, just not, he's not even... Is he, the only, is he the only one of the draft picks that's still with us? See, that's the thing. I've been trying to do some digging, um, and all I can all I saw was that yeah, MD Myers actually scored a goal in the preseason game against FC Motown. Um, but so I, but from, the, the players that I can't find anything on are Brodilio Rodriguez. Um, and then uh, Johnson. And then Malcolm Johnson. I, I haven't seen anything about Malcolm Johnson, and I haven't seen anything about Brodilio Rodriguez. Is Malcolm Johnson injured? Malcolm? Yeah, he yeah, might be. That was in that I'm sure that was announced when we signed him was that he was going to be out injured for some period of time, but there was still a lot of talk about him because his brother signed for Celtic, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Alistair. Yeah. Alistair. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't. So, know, I didn't know he was hurt. I, I thought he was good to go. And that's also one of the reasons why we haven't seen Christian McFarland in this uh, in this preseason. He, apparently, he picked up mm-hmm. an injury, and he was dealing with match congestion towards the end of last year from all the English youth call ups that he was dealing with. Plus appearances for NYCFC 2, and uh, I, I think he made a few appearances for NYCFC 2 and also through the with the academy as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah. All right, so on, on Wednesday, what uh, let's briefly talk about what lineup we think we're going to see. Um, not, yeah, like what, what do we think we're going to see? Obviously, do we think Gabi's going to slot in right away, like as soon as he gets here, like like on a, yeah. on a few he weeks? Needs, he needs the minutes. So, minutes. So, so you, got him at, you got him at right wing. All right, who do we got starting at left wing? Andrade. Jago Andrade with Talos Magno at the nine? Uh, I, want, I want to go Matias. That's it, Matias. Pellegrini? See, now, has Pellegrini yeah. been playing a lot? Like, uh, did he even play in the in the LA Galaxy game? Because they released it. They released the like who came in. I don't think Pellegrini even came in. Uh, I think he might have played in some of the preseason matches before he, that. He I think he played. He played some, yeah, I think... I, I, I'd, I'd go with Matias, personally. Uh, I, 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 listen... Uh, for as much as I want to see Matias produce more, uh, I think until further notice, Thiago Andrade is going to is going to be your starter. Oh yeah, to, to be fair, he did have a good game last last time against LA. Yeah, I, and um, uh, so I I can see us doing. So I, I think it would be easier if we all just went through our own individual. Well, What's so, up? Now? So I'm looking. I, I have a picture, a screenshot. So not not only did Pellegrini not play, but he wasn't even on the substitute bench because there was only three players who didn't get in. That was Alex Rando, Clevis Haxhari, and Stephen Turnbull did not get into the match at all. And he's like Pellegrini's did not get in and is not on that list either. So he wasn't even available for selection. Might have been hurt. Might have been an injury. Yeah. Might have been a knock. Uh, but but anyway, yeah, I, I I saw an Instagram post of his. I think, I think he's like somewhere else. He might be in Argentina. Yeah. So I, I don't. I don't even. 
What's up? He's not even with the team right now in, in preseason? Pellegrini? Uh, uh, um, he, I saw, I saw, I saw pictures of him in, in California with the team. I saw pictures of him. Oh, okay. All right. So, you know, he's, been, he's been in California with the team. It uh, must have been an injury then. I don't even want to get too stuck on it. If anything, I'm just, I'm going to assume that it was just an injury, and that's probably why he was gone, and that's probably why he was available. He, he, probably, he probably took some precaution and took the night off. Yeah, um, so so I'm going to have uh, – so let me start. I'm going to have freezing goalkeeper because Barraza season's over. I'm going to go at right back. I'm going to say Tavon Gray gets the start. Uh, center back is obviously, if we go into the back four, uh, Tiago Martins and Maxime Chanel. Uh, Chanel, please don't ever put your head that low to the ground ever again. Um, left back. Ooh, see, left back's a tough one because you've got, you can pretty much go with anybody if you want. I don't know if Kufre's joined the club yet. So assuming he's not with the club yet, I imagine that. Kevin O'Toole will get the start with Amundsen coming in because, uh, and in the midfield, uh, probably Pack, Alfredo Morales, and Keaton Parks, unless, because I imagine that if, if if we get Ledesma, Ledesma will be able to come straight over because he's an American citizen and won't be an issue. But uh, with Santi, he's probably going to have to get a new visa and we're probably going to have to go through that process again. So even if, like, Assuming his signing is official, he's not going to be back. And then up top, Gabriel Pereira on the right, Tiago Andrade on the left, Talos Nagno at the night. That would be my starting one right now. Davi, what do you got? Uh, in goal, I'm going to go with Barraza. Uh, I'll give him this game, and then I'll give. Uh, I'll probably give Freeze next game. Uh, right back, probably probably Tavon. Center backs, obvious. Um, Martins and Chanel. Left back, you probably have to. Go- Probably gonna have to go Kevin O'Toole. Um, that midfield, uh, uh, Alfredo, uh, Keaton, and then you'd go with uh, Justin Hack as well. And the front three, uh, you, you, you probably can't bench Andrade after after the game he had, so you probably have to go with the same front three Andrade, uh, t- t- uh, Talos, and uh, Gabi Pereira. Barney? See, I'm, I'm thinking he's going to completely mix it up. I think you could just see completely different lineups. Um, I can't even put together a full lineup of what he's going for, but I think you might see O'Toole in a more prominent role, like how he started against Red Bulls in the derby. Um, so I think a back four of Ilinich, Martin, Chanel, and Tavon. Um, up top, O'Toole, Talas, and Pereira. Um, midfield. I don't know, it depends who, who we've got fit, who's playing around. Um, Slim Pickens in the midfield. Yeah, I think you could see Morales and Pack in there, Parks in there, if Parks is available, if he's back. Um, you could see Hack in there. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I'm quite intrigued with O'Toole. Like he, he, he looked really promising for a few games, so um, I don't think he's going to get much uh, of an opportunity at left-back because Illinich looked really good. Because um, he looked all right. So I think he might be a right back. Right back, sorry, I got it wrong around. Um, so in that case, scrap tape on it will be Illinich on the on the right. Um, right, left back's a tough one because it, yeah. you can go with Amundsen. Yeah, and there's there's, a, there's also rumors that uh, Gloucester might get cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where are these rumors coming from? These are your own rumors you're making up. See, see, uh, see, um, like, like it's. It's hard because Kevin O'Toole isn't like 
in the three back, I would love Kevin O'Toole as that like like left wing back, left midfielder position, wide midfielder position. But like as a left back, as an out and out fullback, you know, like like it's like ooh, that's we've that's, just signed. We've just got the guy from Mallorca, uh, Kufre. How do you say yeah. his name? Kufre. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bra- Brian Brian Kufre. Yeah. Um, so, he's, I, so he's a left back. So. But is he um, with the team? Oh, we have, we, yeah, we haven't. I mean, obviously, they, they can't do the welcome tweet because they're out in Cali, so he can't like take the picture with the holding out the jersey in front of the fucking Eddie Hod training center. Um, so like, we don't we we have got we haven't gotten any but, confirmation but he, that he's he, in New York or in Cali or in the with, states at all. But is, but is he even with the team, or is he still waiting on his visa? Yeah, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. I think he's still waiting. Uh, I wouldn't. I don't. I don't think he's with the team at all. But I yeah. could, I could be wrong. Yeah, I have no idea. So, but I mean, when you when you're playing two games in in a day, yeah, there's going to be a, there's going to be two squads that are very very different, and I think you'll see two completely different formations as well. You could see a four four two, you could see a three four three. Yeah, you could see all sorts there. All right. So, are we waiting on my my uh, starting lineup now? Yep. Okay. okay so. Uh, I do. I do think that the NYCFC is going to do, uh, do split halves with their goalkeepers uh, for the entire rest of the preseason until match number one, because I think they're going to let these two guys duke it out and figure and let let uh let whoever rises to the top, cream rise to the top, and whoever takes it and snatches the spot, that's who's going to get it. I do think that they're, that that they're going to give uh, pre- precedence preference to uh, Barraza um, for him because he's been with the club for so long. So I do think Barraza is going to start the game against St. Louis City on on Wednesday. Um, I think that Elenic. I think that uh, I think they're going to want to see what he can do against starters because I'm assuming that St. Louis season is, is going to roll out their starters. Um, so I think Elenic needs to start right back with Chano and, and Tiago Martins. Uh, I think that Malti is going to need to start left back, um, and then the midfield is going to be Hack Parks and Alfredo with Alfredo playing the six, uh, or du- I think it's going to be like a double six with Alfredo and Hack, and then Parks is going to play more of it. I guess like an eight and a half, <laughs> like an advanced role, <laughs> a little bit. Um, and then up top, it's going to be Thiago Andrade on the left, Pereira on the right, and Telus Magno at the nine. Um, so that's what I see. And then obviously, I think I'm on. Unsh- I'm unsure right now if uh, if O'Toole is going to come in at left back or if O'Toole is going to come in for Thiago Andrade at left winger um, in the second half. I don't. I, I don't really know where because he's kind of like the uh, him and Jason are kind of like this one and the same kind of. They're like positionless. Does that make sense? <laughs> They're just Swiss Army knives. They can play multiple spots. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that I mean, I'm gonna be a little bit upset if we don't get a result against them, considering how badly LA just uh, just beat them. But uh, I think we should get a favorable should, result against should, them. Should, should be a comfortable three-one victory. It should be comfortable. Yeah, it should definitely be comfortable. I mean, they're, they're not their roster. Their roster is probably in a better shape than than like Charlotte was, because Charlotte was was not good at the start of this past season. Um, they came on late in the season, and almost pushed it to get a playoff spot. But um, I don't I don't think that St. Louis is uh, going to be uh, flying out the gates. Like Atlanta was, but. Um, and then uh, obviously the San Diego Loyal game is gonna be good just for just for some of these young guys like uh, Denise and Carrizo and, and these other guys and Hatari and and uh, Turnbull and all these other guys to get minutes against them. Uh, and then uh, and then Portland, Portland, I, I Portland I would I would think that that we play our starters probably go the entire match. Um, like I think Portland's going to be a game that you uh, that is most like an, an MLS game in terms of minutes given to players, um, just because it's the 18th and the 25th is opening day, so that's, that's pretty close. So you, you, you want you want to get your guys ready to go, like ready for the season. So I think against the Timbers, we're going to see a competitive lineup 
the lineup, the lineup that we see against the Timbers, I foresee being the the opening day lineup. That's if everyone's here. That's if that's if uh, Santi. That's if we get Kufre and Santi. That's if Kufre and Santi are here. Even if Kufre is not here, but if, at least if Santi's back by then. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I, I think that uh, these additions, although they've come super super late, which is so on brand for CFG. And and NYCFC in particular, um, I do think that uh, that these that these moves uh, they definitely vault us up the projected points finish, the projected spot finish. I know that we've been getting disrespected a lot on social media by some pundits and some uh, other people with verified check marks. What I'm looking at you. Some people with verified check marks have been disrespecting us a lot with their projected rankings for the Eastern Conference for this year. Having us low, having us as low as tenth, eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth place down there. Um, every time I open up Twitter, I get mad because I'm like, it wasn't like, that that kind of low that low finish wasn't even possible even with the lineup that we have right no, now. Like we have I, too much yeah, like, talent to finish that level. It's it's, it's it's just a bunch of people who want to pretend that they know what they're talking about. Who don't watch any game outside of their own team and you know, just talking shit basically. Yeah, so so uh, I was on I was on a podcast with uh, with post ninety. Uh, the post ninety podcast for NYCFC, and, and they asked me, and I, I said, I see us finishing anywhere between, like in the uh, six, seven, eight, nine range. But now with that was that was before the news came out that Santi was back. So I, I had us finishing six, seven, eight, nine before Santi got announced, before or before Santi got officially announced, before Ledesma got potentially announced, like before any of this stuff. I had us finishing that high. So like I'm, I'm not, I, I, I still don't think maybe we're not like going to contend for Eastern Conference Championship or Supporter Shield or anything like that, because we do need some more depth. But I think we're still, I think we're in a healthy, good spot. I think we're, we, we haven't. Missed I just, the I just want the, I just want the shield so we can put the cup on top of it. <laughs> the well, the, the <laughs> problem with the shield is with the way CFG does business, we're, we're never really going to be in contention for a shield because, because here's the thing: NYCFC is a team that just they just don't prioritize the shield. They want this team ready to go come the playoffs. That's the MLS Cup is the goal. And honestly, that's the championship. People can talk. Listen, the Supporter Shield doesn't even like, like people can say, no, the Supporter Shield is the league championship. No, it's not. You don't play every single team twice in a season. It's never going to be like a Premier League title. It's never going to be. That's, that's just copium for the Red Bulls fans. So it's copium for teams that haven't won an MLS Cup yet. That's all that is. That, that's what the Supporter Shield is. Now, listen, so it's a nice uh, accolade. New England. It's a nice accolade. It's worth celebrating. It's just not equivalent. And honestly, if you're going to build towards anything, make it the MLS Cup. Uh, I wouldn't even be surprised because we got into a spirited discussion about this. Like, why didn't they bring anybody last summer? It's because they had an interim coach. And the last thing you want to do is build a team in the image of an interim coach and then give him and have pieces who fit his system. And then after half a season, realize that he's not the guy for the job. And then you have these useless fucking players who were brought in to fit in his system that other players have to assimilate and probably make a lot of money. Uh, the other coaches, rather, have to assimilate into their system. And they're probably costing a lot of money too. So I, I, I honestly think that we're going to splash in the summer window too, because this, you have to remember, this is probably going to be the first summer window that isn't impacted post COVID. This is probably going to be like the first proper post COVID transfer window. So you're going to see a lot of movement, a lot of what, 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 you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of, you know, free contract players who are going to be available. A lot of players going up on the, in, in the market window. And, and, and Nick Cushing is the guy. Whether or not you agree he should be the guy is, is a non-factor right now. He is the guy. He wasn't last summer. And that's why they didn't do business in the summer window. Because they didn't have a guy. They didn't know who the guy was going to be come January. 
they've decided that it's going to be Nick Cushing, so they're going to let him spend money in, in, in the summer window too. So even if we are, even if like we, we feel like a little bit thin towards like June, for instance, like you've still got July and August to figure that out as well. Which um, we've done business in summer windows before and good business uh, to, to boot. So you know, like the, right now as it stands, I see this as a third or fourth place team in the, in the East. Assuming what we can do, uh, like, like, like that's assuming that the information is coming from uh, Cesar and Tom Bogarts. So, I mean, I, I, I'm going to trust that information. I'm going to say that both those transfers go through. And both very reliable sources in MLS. And Gabby's and back. South America. Yeah, exactly. And Gabby's back. And so, you think third place team in the East right now as it stands, imagine what we can do in the summer window with just like one or two additions. Could possibly, you, could possibly propel us to, to, to possibly even the buy or second place. Could possibly even propel us higher, exactly. Or, may, or maybe we could finally get that coaster. Barney, what do you think right now with the squad and its current uh, thing? I know it's getting late over there, but uh, uh, what do you I, think? I, I think you've kind of got it bang on. I think we, we don't shape up to be a team that's going to dominate the league. Um, we just want to get that kind of mentality where we're a team, a squad, that you've got all the, the players singing the right hymn sheet come the end of the season that seemed to work for us so well in 2021 it did pretty well for us in 2022 like I'm, I was surprised we got as far as we did um, I think a lot of people were anti-Nick I know Joe was a big anti-Nick during the, the regular season yeah you <laughs> I mean to be fair um, I was until he shaped up and made his adjustments and got us to yeah. within one game of an MLS Cup so I was like yeah, okay exactly yeah so um, yeah no, I'm um, I'm full Cushing in. I'm full MLS UK. So I've got to support, got to support Nick, haven't I? Um, but yeah, I think I think um, if we can be aiming for like top two or three, sort of guaranteeing, you know, that home playoff leg. Although let's hope they don't change up the playoffs like some of the weird rumors that we've seen throughout the week. Um, I don't think they're going to get the fuck out of here with the best of three bullshit. Yeah, that's just that, that's that's worse than the whole halfway line penalty kick things. Hey, yeah, just, don't make fun of our American penalty shootouts. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I'm confident. I'm happy. Yeah, I'd like the record to state that I'm still firmly on the Nick Cushing is not good enough to be the NYCFC head coach. I'm still firmly. Whatever. Here's the thing. Here's a real issue. Uh, really quick, uh, because I'm not going to get too deep into it. That new playoff format is fucking garbage, and it should not be adopted. And honestly. I don't even know if I could bring myself to watch that. Like, like, like it, it's 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 awful. Like, like, yeah, like, not only that, with the state, with our stadium situation as well. What are we going to do? A group stage? Why? Why does the playoffs need a group stage? Like, the, the, the playoffs right now. Group, group stage? Are you fucking serious? Yes, what blasphemy is that? There's supposed to be a group stage in this new playoff format because well, they want terrible. to parlay off the World Cup. They want the, the, like they, they see the viewership that the World Cup gets. They, they, the hype. Oh, Nobody wants to watch a Nobody wants to watch if nobody wants to watch anybody except fucking World Cup teams like na in, uh, like national teams playing groups. It's, it's, it's the it's, you mean to tell me that nobody wants to watch DC United in a World Cup style tournament? Uh, the wooden no, spoon winners. You, you're telling me that nobody uh, wants to watch no. the wooden spoon winners. 
No, listen. No, we got leagues cut for that. Listen, I actually, I actually like the playoff format now. Like sometimes we miss two legs. Honestly, I think the one and done format that we have right now is much more exciting. It's much and, better. It's much and exciting. it's truncated and it's not as drawn out. And I, I also hate the two leg system because it usually start. It, it's usually decided on away goals, and that usually means that a team scores a goal on the road or home and then just parks the fucking bus in the second leg. I see it all the time in Champions League. It's fucking awful. That's that, hence, that's why they got rid of it. Yeah. Listen, Champions League games are great. Like, the Champions League finals are amazing. Champions League games in general, championship, Champions League ties, I should say, are almost unwatchable sometimes. But I'm talking about the best clubs in the world are sometimes unwatchable because they're just like the kind of play that it advertises. And it's like Atletico Madrid? The, the playoffs in MLS are fine the way they are. They don't need to be changed. Keep it the way it is. If it's not broke, don't fix it. The league's making plenty of money. They just got this huge deal from Apple TV off the back of their current product. You don't need to modify the product. The product is fine. Uh, I'm, like, like, we can talk about everything that we would like to see all, all day as we want. Right now, MLS is perfectly fine as it is. You just keep it the way it is. If they change that format, I, I don't, like, I honestly, like, I will honestly get less excited about league play here like i i will i i love my team to death i have it tattooed on the back of my leg i'm an N i'm nyc till i die but it's going to be very hard to watch the playoffs if they adopt it before now very hard all right let's go around the horseshoe around the room and uh let's get our final thoughts before we uh, depart uh who wants to go first barney you're the guest Final thoughts. Um, intrigued about the season. Looking forward to us being the overall season opener. Um, Pompey are at home that day, so it's a nice little double header for me that I can go to a Portsmouth game, come home, watch New York versus Nashville. Um, hopefully, we can uh, upset their home opener and uh, take away three points from Nashville. Uh, me personally, I, I'm, uh, 48 hours ago, I was very skeptical about how, you know, like I'm a season ticket holder, I'm going anyway, and I was going to have, make the best of it anyway, but, um, 48 hours ago, I was very skeptical about what this season could be. It was probably, it was looking like it was going to be a vibe season, but these last 24 hours with Santi and Ledesma and Gabby Pereira getting on a plane, all within the span of several hours, you know, and it, like it, it's. I'm very hopeful. I'm very excited about this season. I think NYCFC can, I think this is the, I don't think it's the tearing down of the old era. I think it's the, uh, the birthing of a new one. And I'm very excited for what these next few years, uh, of NYCFC football will bring. And, um, yeah, no, I'm super stoked on Santi. I'm super stoked on my Desma. I'm super stoked about Gabby being back home and I'm ready to win some more silverware this year, whether that be Leagues Cup, MLS Cup, all the above, maybe even a supporter shield, if we can muster that enough momentum and do enough business in the summer transfer window. Uh, hopefully Cushing is the guy. This is his litmus test. This is it this year. We will see if we made the right decision. And, uh, yep, uh, New York is blue. Just looking forward to it, especially with that Santi and... Um with, with Desma signing and then obviously Gabi coming back from Brazil finally. Um, I'm just, I'm just really looking forward to the, uh, to the new season. And, you know, it's, it's been a few months, uh, without MLS and I've been missing going to the game. So 
uh, month from today, from the day of the recording, will be the home opener. So I'm very excited about uh, going to that game. I'm excited about the season finally starting. Uh, there's definitely some interesting storylines, uh, with one of them being that Sean Johnson is a fucking snake. Um, and that I hope Toronto is a wooden spoon contender instead of a MLS Cup contender. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm itching to get the season started. I, I, this, this pre, this off season is so long. Preseason is dragging on. I mean, I'm definitely getting hyped by some of these announcements. I'm hyped that we're getting Santi back, but I just want the season to start. I want to watch games. I want to go to Yankee Stadium. I want to be with my people. I just, want to, I just, and I know, and I know that I'm, me saying that, like Barney's, like Barney's, like itching to get over here for the. For in September when he, September is it you're coming? May May. Uh, so it, I know he's itching to get over here for May, but I mean, which game will you be at? Where are you sitting? Um, the Red Bull away game and the Orlando away game. Okay, so a little road trip. Yeah, but yeah, just, I want to be. I want to be here. You guys can't see it, but my background is the Yankee Stadium. I just, I want to. I want to be here. I want to be. Joe, I do have a question. If uh, <laughs> if Toronto gets the wooden spoon. We'll, we'll, can we get Johnson with it? <laughs> I need to start going to the gym to, to hit my shoulders because my, my, my hands are going to be fully extended like this for 90 minutes. So, I mean, this is going to be a hard position to hold for 90. <laughs> I know that we, should have, we, should, we should have just mail wooden spoon to the Toronto training camp, which is going to an FAO on it. Um, no, like, also... I want a Johnson voodoo, <laughs> I want I want to do something that we've never done in the history of our franchise, or our club. Fuck the word franchise, we're a club. Even if it was a franchise when it started, it's a club now, it's a community now, and it's a culture now. I want us to sweep the Red Bulls and the Union this year. Four games, uh, uh, 12 points, I want it. That, that, that's, that's what I want, um, and yeah, I want that. I, I would like to see Jose Martinez get injured in one of those games, personally. <laughs> but I just hope he gets like a nice, like I don't know, like just slap him in the face when the when VAR in a VAR's blind spot. No injuries. All right, and on, on a uh, on a personal note for of this podcast, uh, we uh, you can expect in the next in the next week or so uh, for us to roll out. We are revamping and, and uh, revamping our image, renaming the podcast. So everything we changed on on uh, on socials and on on Apple Podcasts. Um, so uh, expect that coming soon. But uh, this is a this is a wrap on episode five. Uh, hopefully you guys have a good weekend. I know uh, for us Americans we'll be watching the Super Bowl tomorrow. I don't know what Barney's going to be doing. Maybe I got some, I got some bets on the on the game tomorrow. Maybe so hopefully. The prim. Uh, let, let's let, you know. Let's end. Let's go around. So Barney, do you know do you know much about American football? I uh, know not a single thing, and I cannot stand it. I'm afraid. So, so no, Kansas City Chiefs or Philadelphia Eagles? Who do you got? Who? Kansas City Chiefs or Philadelphia Eagles? Um, I'll go Chiefs just because we hate Philadelphia, right? Fuck Philly. Fuck, fuck Philly, man. <laughs> Suck my dick respectfully. <laughs> exactly, my guy. Christian, what do you got? Um, I got the Chiefs. Yeah. Fuck Philly. All I got right. the I got the Chiefs, and uh, I've got a, I've got a couple bets on prize picks, so. I mean, if, if if all three of them hit, I get a hundred and twenty five dollar payout. So I'm also a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I can't root for the Chiefs. It's not so. Yeah, no, that's. that's and, not and I, I think I think I think Philadelphia would be the first. Brother. 
I, I think wouldn't wouldn't it be the first like city with, with three professional teams and like championship games to go all in three and go to the small? It would be nice. Oh, this got to be fucking fantastic. Yeah. Been a long, been a long year, long few months for Philadelphia. <laughs> well, I'd love it to see, just to see the Eagles go zero three and for the Yankees, NYCFC, and then the Giants win everything and be like, "Yeah, the title won fucking championships, pussy." 